0: Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale, and my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face.
1: On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you
0: experience the world. So, shall we begin?
1: hey good people welcome to another episode of the yellow pill podcast on this one we talked about the peter pan syndrome now if you remember the cartoon from growing up you can almost guess what the conversation was about but if you haven't seen it before or you don't even know what i'm talking about we talked about immaturity in men for the most part um so we took a test to find out if we classified or if we would be classified as immature based on some test some guy somewhere put together but you know wally he always brings these things up but it was a very interesting episode helps us you know really assess ourselves and just see what tools and how to identify um you know who's being immature in terms of men now obviously this period Pan was a guy and yeah we did lean towards talking more about immaturity in men but i think for ladies and for women i think this is something you can use to identify and you know put a label on maybe some traits you've seen in either men in your life or men that you're connected with in some kind of way anyways i won't say too much i hope you enjoyed the episode and leave us a like a rating a review follow us on instagram you know all the works but catch you at the end of it bye hi guys welcome back to the yellow pill we're here for episode is this four it is four wow it's weird though feels like yeah. Interesting.
0: So I'm glad all... you did that in- intro bit. Which one? Yeah, it was like waiting for me to do it.
1: To do it. I. <laughs> but anyways. <clears throat> anyways, yeah. It was, I can't believe of almost halfway. It feels weird. I guess it's because I've been doing a lot of moving around. It's My like... teeth
0: look so white from this camera. Yeah. But then okay. I was white in real life. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who no
1: knows? what I mean. Will... Yes, I guess it's it's doing this filtered thing. So maybe that's what happens with like movie yeah. stars and stuff.
0: But yeah. I think maybe just light white. is too much and then it's like. It's no, but those movies, light. some of them have like really nice white teeth. teeth. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. Are, wait, and are teeth teeth like sexy as well?
1: I don't know. I don't even know why that's a question you're asking, but I guess. Ni- nice like, teeth. Like, like ni- do you just see
0: teeth and like, damn.
1: No more like the opposite. You see like bad teeth and you're like oof but nice I don't, we don't get enough of that over here I don't think I think everybody's teeth nobody really over does where here I guess on the side of
0: the world like I don't no, know No, I think we Afghans have, have nice teeth
1: no no I'm not saying we don't but I'm just saying like it's not exceptional like you don't nothing nobody's teeth like nobody comments on your teeth like you have nice teeth like right I don't think that do we do that have you ever said that to anybody or even thought no. it, or even no, thought but it.
0: I've, 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 heard it before, so I guess we do it. Um. So, no, I
1: hear your, I, I hear like your teeth are so white. I think the color of the teeth, but like, it yeah. Just so like, just... we
0: don't do the in the more We just say, your yeah. ah, teeth are white, gone. <laughs> exactly. So we just say you yeah, have nice teeth. Yeah,
1: but then people are more quick to say, "I was wrong." No, okay, nobody really does that. But anyways, um, yeah. It's not an episode about teeth, obviously, um, but I don't know why I really well, decided to bring that up. What are we talking about today? Let's get to it. I was just looking at... Okay, whatever. Yes, um, exactly. Because you, you,
0: you were... No, you you were already leading up the Me, show, I had. so why aren't you going?
1: Not really. I was only talking about the fact that we're back for this episode, but in terms of like the content um, contained within the vessel of the episode, I shall leave that to you to pour out as a libation to our crowd at the
0: moment. The and content exercise, revolves around...
1: You never got to hear all of that. Yeah, I'm thirsty, man.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go. (laughs) Uh, Jeez, I can't win with you, man.
1: Of course. No, but in the real,
0: um, we're talking about the Peter Pan syndrome, the Peter Pan syndrome. If you heard Peter Pan and he struck a bell, you are correct. It stems from the Disney cartoon, which was originally from a book. Um, a book by what's the guy's name again? <laughs> J. M. Barry: <laughs> yeah, a playwright Scottish playwright um from the I think 18 or 19, early 1900 The Pan syndrome is um 1911, thank you It's a term used um, to describe a condition where you know an adult, mostly men actually. An adult who is socially immature. And in simple words, you can say an overgrown child. Mm. A man baby. A man boy. Mm. Is that is that that is that said? Mm. A man baby. Man, an overgrown child, in essence, right. Mm. And I think obviously you can call it a psychological condition depending on what part of discipline you are. You can call it just a colloquial term for that kind of um the group of people who refuse to grow and behave their age. I want to talk about this because, I mean, obviously you just told me now that when you told me about growing up, you were talking about something, thinking about something a bit different, but I think we can still fit it fit into it. Um, but before we talk about the Peter Pan syndrome and do some analysis on ourselves, do you remember the cartoon? What cartoon is that? Peter Pan, bro. What else? Oh,
1: yeah, no, sorry. I think my connection like went down for a second, so I lost context of what was going on. <laughs> I didn't know if it's stitched or not. Um, I never actually watched it from start to finish. Um, but it's one of those cartoons where you hear so much about it, you've seen clips from it, and you can tell that's the cartoon, but I don't think I know the story from start to finish.
0: And maybe I should give a quick summary for anybody who's listening as well who hasn't seen the cartoon. I'll, I'll just do a very quick summary under three minutes. Mm. Because um, I think it's actually very interesting um, to hear the story. I'll put a timer now, three minutes. So obviously Peter Pan, many of us came across it through Disney, right? But as I said, it started, it originates from J.M. Barry's classic work in 1904. Mm-hmm. And it tells a story about Darling's children, right? So three kids who belong to the family of the Darlings. They're journeying to the magical island of Neverland with Peter Pan. Peter Pan is an adventurous, magical young boy, keyword, who refuses to grow up, right? And pretty much starts from the idea that, you know, the Darling, Darling family, which includes the parents and the three Darling kids, Wendy, John, and Michael, um, live in London. And they begin to talk about how, you know, um, Wendy tells Wendy, the main female character, Miss Darling, about a boy named Peter Pan who visits... Um, her dreams from a place called Neverland, right? And then when they go to, when they went to bed, when they go to bed, Peter Pan then enters through the window, you know, shocking Wendy, right? Now, at this point, um, Wendy wakes up and helps Peter Pan attach a shadow to his body. Peter Pan tells Wendy that she ha- he has no parents and refuses to become an adult. Mm. And then leaves ne- he leaves Neverland, a magical place with a group of abandoned kids, which they referred to as the Lost Boys. So he was the king of lost boys. So there's a lot of mm. metaphors in there that which we'll come to later. And But yeah, anyway, so Wendy asks him about his fairies and she reminds Peter that, you know, he's trapped in, um, that he's trapped Tinkerbell in the closet, in the drawer, right? So Tinkerbell is his companion slash fairy, right? Mm. So Peter asks Wendy to join him on a trip back to Neverland, right? Alongside her siblings, right? And then at this point, they fly to Neverland and they find familiar landmarks from their dreams. And now when they land, the sky becomes dark, et cetera, Peter warns them about pirates on the mm. island. Right? And tells them that he's responsible for Captain Hook's right mm. hand. Like threw, threw it into a crocodile. Right? And then they then introduce the Lost Boys, the other pirates and the Redskins. And then the Lost Boys leave on the ground and then, you know, they arrive with Peter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Here's another key part. So Peter Pan convinces Wendy, who's meant to be a romantic interest, to be their mother. Right? Because, again, they are grown boys, in essence. Right? Now, Wendy's taking care of the boys. She becomes concerned when her own siblings forget their own parents. Now, that then shows the time at which they've spent in Neverland. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so they all decide to visit a lagoon for adventure and then they meet some of Captain Hook's comrades and then, you know, that's when they get um, imprisoned by them. By them. Mm. And then the real Hook appears and then Peter and Captain Hook engage in a, in a battle, whatever. blood, blah, blood, blah, blood, blah blah blah, 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 blah. The time is up. I should, I'll be done soon. So anyway, Peter and Wendy continue to cultivate a lo- loving home for the young boys and then, I'm not going to go into details, but the point is at the end, right, um, When Wendy realizes that Peter is not going to become anything beyond a grown boy, right? They have to go back home, right? Because, again, yeah. they've been out of home for too long, and the parents were already getting worried. And the siblings were forgetting their parents as the darlings. Now, mm. the key point of this... Oh, yeah, another she at the end, it defeats Captain Hook, throws him into the crocodile, and it takes Wendy and her, and her sister's sister and brother back home. Mm. Right. So the, key, so the key message from there is just, the Peter Pan syndrome starts from the idea that Peter Pan is a magical boy who never grew into adulthood, right? And he lived in Neverland where he's the king of lost boys, who, were also, who from the original book apparently were boys that he found in a park, mm. right? So it's a bit of a dark kind of setting. Right. And then again, you have his romantic interests, who he wanted to, he wanted her to be his mom. Mm. Right. And therefore, he he did not manifest any manly, adulthood, romantic, sexual interest. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Towards her. Right. And hence why the Peter Pan syndrome is now a thing. Mm. Right. And the term was kind of coined by a psychologist called Dan Kiley, which I, I read in the book. Um, earlier but it's a long book i couldn't finish it but i just read a few parts about um about about the book and he wrote about how different men refuse to grow up and use different syndromes to categorize such men and he has Mm. a test in the book which i'm going to do with you right now which i think everyone (laughs) should do as well (laughs) which i think everyone should do as well if they're listening and even though like the vho does not recognize this as a mental illness many people in social commentary do refer to it as something we should be aware about, right? And you can, you can, when you read about it, you can then begin to think about your own self and how you manifest some of these symptoms. Not you, Toby, but as in anybody listening, including myself, mm-hmm. right? So I guess maybe I should start with the test, right? And as I was doing the test, I think the thing to point out is that in this story of Peter Pan, right, mm-hmm. men who never grew up. We need to understand that it's, it's, I think is much more prevalent for men because, first of all, we mature later than women, biologically speaking. But if you look at the trend nowadays in universities, and, I, and I'd, have this re, I'd, I'd have the reference for everybody listening, so I'm sorry, but if you look at trends now, you see that there's like a male crisis in terms of the, the performance in schools, education. Mm. The gap is beginning to like expand Quite massively between um girls and boys
2: hmm.
0: right, and you can you that you then find that boys are becoming a lot more under underachievers in what do you call in schools education yeah, right, and then that then translates into a different kind of crisis which we'll get into at some point but I mean, given what I've said so far, what are your initial thoughts?
1: No, I think it's it's pretty spot on, like just the narrative of Peter Pan itself, and it just makes me feel like I actually need to go watch it properly because I feel like yeah now I'll be able to pick up a lot more like themes and and stuff like that. So that's probably on my on my to do list. Um,
0: Yeah, it's it's always nice to watch all these things back when you when you're an adult and pick out the new themes again. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, I I think as you're also describing it, I was just trying to think of if there's anyone that I know that is like that exactly ah, so or this yeah. test
0: would then help you think about yeah. that because dan Kylie did this test right yeah and in the test he said the test is designed originally for wives and lovers
1: uh okay all
0: right and written from the point of view for for the female observing her man i see right but he does say that you can also apply it to, to your potential friends or yourself yeah yeah right yeah, yeah so have you got a pen or your phone something um,
1: I've got I guess a, phone, a pen might be better so yeah pen
0: and paper okay my, my so all you're gonna do all you just do is write you rank your answer from between zero one or two okay right, all right. and I'll do that I'll do the same thing right here um, so a couple of questions and everyone listening as well can do the same thing as well and then you can either if you're a lady, lady listening you can use it from perspective of your man your friend whatever <laughs> and if you're a guy listening you can do the same thing for yourself um, so number one goes when you make a mistake you overreact either exaggerating your guilt or searching for excuses to absolve yourself from, from any blame so zero to one so, so obviously zero will be
2: disagree no, two,
0: yeah that kind of thing so two will yeah. be very yeah, much so
1: yeah alright
0: number two forget important dates e.g. anniversary birthday so i have a one for that one i'm in between that 100 percent. yeah well Um,
1: so for me with that one um because i know i tend to forget i have a system around it so anytime anyone tells my birthday birthday add it to my calendar set a reminder every year so i never forget so i don't know what to put yeah so i think i'll still put a zero because i know i don't want to forget so that means yeah i don't know let's move on
2: three
0: at a party, you ignore her, but do your best to impress other people, especially women. Ew. Next. Okay, I'm going to read, read now from the perspective of somebody else. That's just okay. the same words they use, So, but you interpret it as yourself. Next, okay. he finds himself impossible to say, I'm sorry.
2: Mm, okay.
0: Next, he expects you to have sexual intercourse when he's ready. Giving little thoughts to your need for foreplay.
1: <laughs> Alright, number six.
0: Next, he goes out of his way to help his bodies, but fails to do the little things you ask him to do. Hmm. Seven. He is concern for you and your problems and feelings only after you've complained about his indifference. Hmm. Eight. He initiates an activity or outing only if it's something he wants to do.
1: Mm. Nine.
0: He seems to find it extremely difficult to express his feelings. (laughs) I've got one on that one.
2: Mm. Ten.
0: He yearns to be close to his father, but any conversation past or present with his father is titled ceremonial and lacking in depth
1: i can't relate to this one so i'm just gonna yeah quite that. tricky
0: yeah. quite tricky i understand he doesn't listen well to opinions that differ from his own i have a zero in that for sure
2: mm. yeah
0: he has an uncalled for flashes of rage during really? which he refuses to calm down uh-huh. zero there for sure for me <laughs>
1: Sounds like Luca. No, it sounds like Jax.
0: <laughs> that is Jax, 100%. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. Love Island for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> Next. He's intimidated by the wishes of his mother to the point that you've become upset with her for being so demanding.
2: Uh, I see. Ew. How many questions are there? N- 20?
0: Almost there. Okay. I think so. Next, he believes he's employed in the wrong capacity but fails to do anything about it except complain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 16.
0: Next, he's devoid of sincerity and warmth in relation to other people, particularly his oldest son, if applicable. Uh, so, in this case, not applicable. Uh,
1: okay, I see. Yeah.
0: Next, uh-huh. he has a problem with alcohol where he drinks, the personality seems to change. You demonstrate a hair-triggering temper, false bravado, or exaggerated gaiety. Gaiety, new word for me. <laughs> you get the gist.
1: Speaking of new words, someone was talking about listening to the podcast, and I was like, "That your friend that likes big words?" And I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's where you are on the podcast. Uh, interesting.
0: He feels yeah. that he must not miss any fun or event with the boys. And goes rational, and goes beyond rational limits in order to be left, in order not to be left out.
2: Okay, nineteen.
0: He expresses show show chauvinistic attitudes, e.g., I want my wife to work as long as the house is clean.
1: You know, there's a whole conversation about this on Twitter a couple of days of course. ago. And Second to <laughs> the last question. Okay. He
0: appears to have unexplained fears and lacks self-confidence but refuses to talk about it.
1: Mm. 21.
0: 22. Final question. He accuses you of getting too emotional while he appears to be above it all. When you get angry, he sits there like stone. <sighs>
2: Alright.
0: Alright, so add up your numbers together, <laughs> yeah. And don't worry, you'd have to tell me what your answer is, but I'll just I'll just say what the I'm, um Yeah the thing is. So so zero to ten means you're not a Peter Pan syndrome victim. Yeah. Your problems tend to be isolated and not very serious. If there's something bothering, if there's a bothersome situation, um she, wife or wife or yeah. mother or lover can talk about it with you. Are most likely to be resolved in the spirit of love and cooperation. Yeah. 11 to 25. Yeah. Peter Pan syndrome is definitely a threat, which means being an overgrown child is definitely a threat. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so if you're a woman, be ready to evaluate yourself. <laughs> and the steps you can take to uh, blah, 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 blah. blah. That's, that's not for us to consider. And of not, course, 26, 26 to 40 means the syndrome is functioning in you or in, the, in your. Partner in this case. Partner, yeah. Um and the party need professional help because the man will seek for his, the man will seek any help for his problems. So hearing that, what 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 did you think?
1: I feel like the I I don't know. So for my scores, I was trying to honestly put a one somewhere. But honestly, with all of those things, for whatever reason, I'm like the opposite end. So I literally just have zeros all through. Um really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so and for me, I think what will be interesting to see is if there's a test that that does people that over, overcompensate for certain things. Because I do feel like in some of the questions, although I'm on zero and in this test, it's a good thing. I feel like on a different test, I was testing for something else. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. So I just feel like some of these things, like for me to have all zeros is actually, for me, is a flag of either I'm overcompensating for something. But yeah, just all the questions like... Some of it also just appealed more to my personality, right? Like, I'm not the one to... Like, I I like hanging out with one person. I'm more of a lover boy than anything. So, right, for me, having someone that I'm in a relationship with or any connection with, like, I almost tend to pour all my attention into that. So that's why I feel like this is kind of like a red flag because it means I'm doing everything that... I Feel mm. like the person would want so, which is not what this episode is about. We, like I always say, we can unpack that later on a different episode, but I think in terms of the Peter Pan thing, I'm definitely on the far opposite end for it. But I'm not saying that as it's a perfect thing because, like I said,
0: yeah, okay, let's let's um let's deep dive, let's deep dive into that Wait a minute. Um, oh, really? Obviously, like we are like what late 20s men um, mm-hmm. and as you said, we're at the point where we feel like we're adults, but sometimes you still feel like you haven't hit some milestones and so maybe you you still feel like you've not left some child childless childhood yeah. um things. Um but even be- even before getting to those milestones of let's say a family, a wife, kids, et cetera. Um just some personal characteristics and I think has mm-hmm. one to think about for anyone listening. So I told you before that there's a couple of symptoms that I read from the book. And oh, by the way, for anyone who wants to see the book, it's a book called Peter Pan Syndrome by Dan Kelly. And okay. yeah, I think that I think that's what it's titled. Just let me cross-check that. Give me one second. Yes, Dan Kelly. I am 100% correct. Yep, yeah, Dan Kelly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so um and I thought you know what? Like it's very easy to not see yourself in this is not to you this, this is what I was mm. thinking when I was reading the book yeah the should not see yourself um, not fall into any of these categories yeah uh, oh by the way I, I didn't score zero I scored I scored a six mm. or a seven in, in that test um, I, had mo- I had ones not yeah. twos I didn't give it again getting twos so I scored some, um, some some ones in there and I thought I thought maybe that was fair um and i did the test not not knowing what the end result was yeah so i don't think it was wasn't it was too biased but I, I i i did i did know that there were some things that i definitely need to work on in my life yeah and i and that made me then read more on, read more on the symptoms of the peter pan syndrome of you know being of men who just do not grow up and one one of them that we start with by talking about is the idea of being responsible and um, irresponsibility that that's one that's a big sy- symptom of this syn- syndrome, in essence. And I think when when we speak about responsibility, mm. I think from an African context, we often think about, um, often like maybe respect for starters to like elders, um, responsible for, you know, things around you. Um, but I I think of it more deeply in terms of um one's own actions. And, and oftentimes the impact of your actions that are often negative and dealing with them and taking them as yours. When I, when I did the test and I got my scores at six and I felt within the range of, I'm not, I don't have this syndrome in essence. I also felt like, yeah, but hmm. if, I'm, if I'm thinking very deeply, I think there's a lot of things that, from the questions that, that struck chords to think about, particularly with obviously Women, um, and again, it makes sense because he wrote the, the question from the perspective of wives or lovers, right? And looking at the symptoms that Dan Kylie put down, um, in the book, the first one is responsibility. I was saying how typically when we hear that from an African context, particularly as a Niger boy, um, grew up in the Badon, you know, it's often the case of like, um, you are, you are responsible if you're not lazy, right? That's that's often what we. Our parents, like, Saturday morning, if you don't get up and do work, you know, you're irresponsible, you mm. know, or you're procrastinating, you know, that kind of thing. But I think what, what actually I think about more of in, this, in this context of responsibility is A, your actions, uh, owning, up to you, owning up to the consequences of your, of your actions, and, but also knowing that certain rules apply to you And I think that is where we should first start off to discuss first, in the sense of how do you know you're a responsible man as a person? And what are the indicators currently in your life that give you that idea that a responsible man? Is it is it on is it from and nobody calling you responsible that makes you think you're a responsible man? Is it from your actions currently that make you a box and say yeah i'm doing xyz so that means i'm responsible or is it just from a feeling you get of not having the guilt of of, of things bouncing back at you
1: so you know this whole topic is a bit tricky a tricky one for me in the sense that i think you know even if you look at my instagram bio i say child of the 90s or the soul for the 60s right yes that's a sort of like a way for me to say oh i'm sort of like an old man in between or inside right but I think like growing up because of the context of my household and you know the age of how everyone was in the house when I was growing up essentially everyone was way older than I was so I was always surrounded by people that were much older than I, I was so I think I always I never really as much as I felt when I was in school like you know I can do the childish things and all of those things I felt like I was always surrounded by mature people around me and so that sort of like rubbed off Um, And I always liked the feeling of being a bit different even among my peers, right? So, and I'm giving that backstory to say that even growing older, I always felt a sense of I was responsible um, from a very early point of view, right? Either with friends, parents comparing me and doing that annoying thing where they say, oh, look at Toby and all of those things. Um, But just in the things that I was seeing, I was being able to do and also in the trust that my mom had in me for certain things, I think that. Let me feel responsible early on, and I think there's something about making a child feel responsible and you know be responsible that then just carries on and so you try to just fit into the codes that in cut for you and then for the kids where their parents were always treating them like children, even though they wanted them to be mature, um it just never worked out. You didn't see it working out well, and you kind of like always wondered why that was the case so um all that to say, I think for me. The markers of me being responsible are just the things that I found like interesting. How early I started to yeah. think about certain things, like you know savings, um, or you know me and you, for example. You know it might be normal for us that oh we picked the secondary school that we went to and it was kind of like our choice. I think for a lot of people it wasn't, even up to their university and things like that. So I think that are different leading indicators that maybe the general one is that the amount of adults that trusted me with decisions I was making growing up. Um, and not questioning those ones, uh, just questioning those decisions, was probably the strongest marker of me feeling responsible.
0: Right. So, our, um, at what um, what age do you think like there's like guys as men should be, should should free themselves from the shackles? Or no, at what age can <laughs> do you think men can no longer be under the shackles of parental? I don't. Um, influence so I don't, for responsibility.
1: Yeah, so I don't think it's uh I don't think it's a it's a strict line that once you, you cross it and then there's a point where that line should be. I think it's a progressive thing, and even in the middle of you being sheltered, there's still some kind of responsibility you should already be having. Is what I feel, right? So yes, nobody's saying, oh, by the time you're twelve, you should be, or fourteen, you should be paying for your school fees yourself. Like I'm not talking about that. It's Like your school fees can be paid by your parents and things like that. Yeah. But there's still other markers that you know show that you're actually a responsible adult right i think we tie men's responsibility and ability to provide too much to financial things i think we've talked about this on multiple episodes where where everything is always tied to this sense of like provision is tied to monetary and economic things and mm. it's really beyond that so you find men not growing in other areas but they make money and they're making bank but when it like they can't maintain relationships or things like that because they felt that once they had the money, that was all that was important, which is why you find people, you know, husbands doing weird things and being like, oh, but they, they don't feel guilty because they're like, oh, I pay my child's school fees. I give her a pocket money. I take out, I can't, the house is taken care of. She has everything she needs. So what's she complaining about, right? That's a very common trend, particularly in this part of the world. So I think I think that's due to the fact that I think responsibility and that thing of maturing is always tied to this sense of being able to provide. But yeah. it, it's actually more than like- like that.
0: Yeah, even even going down a bit to going down from that level of analysis to even things like, you know, being clean, mm. being like having good manners, yeah, and being orderly, and being aware of presentation of yourself in the public sphere. Mm. I also count that in my idea of responsibility of being responsible because. Um I would not I, wouldn't, I wouldn't come here and sit on the and say I'm a I am I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm a very clean very clean, yeah. clean freak. I don't think so. Um sometimes I have dishes in my sink that I don't wash immediately. I, I, I finish eating. I would mm. admit that. Um But I think the difference is that you can't be in an environment that is unclean. Yeah. And be comfortable. Hmm. In that and in those little things always build into like
2: brother
1: things right other things yeah right
0: you know manners manners to people mm. manners in terms of not only people that are that are your romantic interests or your boss at work but just an everyday person yeah that is responsibility yeah i think
1: but you know as you're saying these things the problem is I think there are guys and people that have learned to game the system as well, right? Because, you know, you know this popular saying of how, you know, um, people are very, like some boys in particular, could be very clean house, like they dress up, they are fly, yeah, but then when you get back to their room, it's like a pigsty and that's, that's like a common thing, right? And so, and even on the, as you were mentioning the point of, you know, how you treat people, there are guys that I know and there's this particular guy I know and he's a very, like every bar he goes to, everywhere goes to like all the waiters, they love him, right? And he knows everyone's story and stuff like that. But like he still has big character flaws even when it comes to dealing with people. So it's like he has a reason for doing that. So I'm I'm like, it's hard to pick one. But But you know
0: why that's not playing the game to me? Because if you're a dude who you package yourself... Outside to be clean and your and your indoors are always dirty. Yeah. But right? a guy who you make everybody eat. In fact, that guy just said is yeah. fits a fits fits a question that the, the, the Dan Kylie asked when he said, mm, I'm somebody it, who to you indoors is X and outside is impressive people. Fares, fares, fares. And if you reverse that question, is then saying, even if you are trying to play the game of packaging to the outside world. What
1: are you doing inside?
0: Even if if your inside is hidden to us. You can't hide it to the person that matters in the matters the most in the end. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because again, the rules apply to all of us where at some point in life, except you're a monk,
2: <laughs>
0: but at some point in life you would seek some kind of companionship, mm. regardless of what category of person they are. Mm. Right. Or even if it's for business. And those points you can't hide those things anymore. Right. I think hiding those things always have like a limit, mm. you know, because somebody, somebody will find out. Yeah. Right. Somebody will always find out. And I think this idea of responsibility here, which, which I think from, from what we've said, it starts from a very young, young age because from what you've said and from what I've experienced in my house as well growing up, um, in terms of when we were young, we were given tasks, like my job was always to lock the gates at a certain mm. time. Um, I'll do this the XYZ at a certain time. And you just taught you some level of responsibility. So we can say some of this can be down to how you were raised. Yeah. Um, but again, we'll get to other symptoms that you have more control over. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to um anxiety. Okay. Now saying anxiety as a symptom does not really mean that like if you're anxious about something, you're immature.
2: <laughs>
0: right. But I think it's more on how you handle feelings that, that bring, that feelings that bring anxiety. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, early in life, like, you might grow up in a different kind of home. Right. So, mm. sometimes, you have a home where things are smooth, things are rough, Things are smooth and rough depending on the season. Um, there's money issues as well, parental happiness or unhappiness, whatever, whatever things happen, right? Hmm. And they offer just shape your relationships. We and we did this, we did this with the attachment style test. Yeah. Right. And one of the biggest agreements from that test is that like the the anxious the anxious person, right. It's probably like the least successful category to pair with because the avoidance can can always still show some level of um um what's the word what's the word care and stuff except only 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 that only that you have to dig it through. Mm, right, because mm. they avoid But the anxious will always have it, but they sabotage. Yeah. Right. And I think this one is this one that comes to a level of as as men, as as a guy, like at what point, when I'm anxious about something, whether it's about what I think um a girl thinks of me, or, or what I think about an interview, or, or what I think about my insecurities, yeah, or what I think about whatever it is, that anxiety gets to me. Mm. What do I do about it, right? Mm. And I think that is this is then another point to raise. I think that's where you're finding that that's where you're finding this masculinity crisis in the world right now, where Anxiety, as 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 a meaning of what it is, is mm. is a fairly normal emotion to, to experience in life. Yeah, right. But I think the typical ways, guys, I don't want to speak generally because that that always sucks. But the typical ways that works for me as a guy to deal with mm. anxiety, right? Mm. Some of some of those traits would would some some, some people will call that almost traits, on yeah? the yeah. the what.
1: I say immaturity, like would they call that like immaturity? No, no, no.
0: They will call that some of the traits, like they will call that like some. I will not say toxic, okay, but overly like um, like oh, like 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 this is too much, much. Mm-hmm. And I think some things as guys that we should that we that works for me. Let me let me just speak of myself that works Eat for yourself. me. Yeah, I things like when I'm anxious about something, right? I try and channel my my energy into physical workouts yeah right or i try and say okay well let me tackle the situation and work hard to solve it sometimes work, working hard will not, will not do anything mm. right I, I, I talk to somebody who i probably just trust what the situation right or i maybe try to fight off you know whatever emotions that it brings temporarily mm. right or i speak about it but i speak about it in a very um What's the word? Vague, vague, blunt way, right? Mm. But the point is, like, in in dealing with those anxieties, some of those some of those methods are just what work for me as a guy, Mm. but they might be perceived as too traditional by some, and then hence in in that way, then it then becomes a case of actually no, right now this this is twenty twenty two. You, you need to just relax and, and and feel that it's it's okay to be to be this way, and and put yourself in like a like a victim kind of um, mindset, right? And I'm not awesome. saying something like I, I'm not saying that we, that we become victims of things. We can be victims of many things, right? People have bad luck that comes, and then you can't you can't do anything about it. Hmm. But I think I think as us guys, we one of the things that we sh- we should try and avoid as much is that victim. Trend of the world now because we are the ones who suffer the most in terms of mental health. Like, like once we spiral in that mental health line, it's often hard for us to combat because the pressures that we deal with are, are ridiculous. I mean, what do you think? I, I, I think I'm debating too much on this anxiety thing. But what do you think about it as a concept, and what do you think about from what I said so far?
2: Yeah. So for me, um, I'm trying to my
1: my response to anxiety a lot of times um like my default response which I'm trying to correct a lot of times is to I think excessively worry um and sort of like try to think things out like I'm in my head quite a lot um and so when things start to cause me anxiety um I can get in my head quite a bit about it like trying to overthink and think myself out of it and um once occasionally i've had to remind myself like okay bro like okay i saw someone one who who was a christian and you know i kind of like tried to take my faith into my life yeah. and all of those things i think i tried to remember i think i was talking to someone recently and even in the conversation i was having with them the person kind of like was reminding me that bro like you can pray about this thing right um and i kind of like i said you know it's quite interesting how like i know that but for some reason it wasn't and it's never really my first response yeah. Right. Uh, and so that's what I've been trying to, like, I I I have identified that it's a problem. Um, and that's what I've been trying to like do a lot more of. But the other other thing is also to be very nonchalant about things, where like you're not reacting to it, but you know it's kind of like affecting sort of like everything that you're doing, right? So you're not visibly like oh anxious about this thing, but you know deep down that it's really affecting you know your mood and all those things. And so I think mm. I, for me, I I definitely get into mood swings i won't say mood swings but i can get quite moody when something is on my mind and i funny enough i think you kind of like spotted it um when i first came to love bro, right um right so i think that's that's a pure evidence of when something is on my mind i will still be functioning but if you know me well you can tell that this is not like a hundred percent toby so there's something yeah, up, yeah right yeah. um So yeah, so I think what I try to do is to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people that can spot where stuff like that is going on because I will naturally tend to like go and say something to someone like, oh, this is what's bothering me. Usually I wouldn't. I try to think things out. So yeah, that's how I tend to process anxiety, which I guess is not, again, I've said the way I want to process it and also kind of like how I'm trying to surround myself with people that can identify when stuff like that is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, like when it comes to this masculinity, whatever thing this is why i think this episode is a very tricky one for me and we can we we, going back to like the results of that thing i feel like my own general issues are and maybe i'm just blindsided by it and maybe you can point stuff out but i feel like i overcompensate in a way for some of these things and so my issue tends to be trying to bring me back to the center from another side not this side that we're talking about right so i'm the one
0: explain what you're just saying okay
1: so like for example maybe in a typical situation if you're in a relationship with someone and something goes wrong the natural tendency for a guy is to not want to talk about it and just bone go out and come back and things are fresh right am i wrong i don't know is that is that yeah yep, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it for, yeah exactly i'm on the opposite end i almost want to over talk things out like i always want to talk about things right and maybe this is just a like a uh, what do you call it? Reflection of my previous relationship, right? And we just happen to be very opposite in that sense. And so one person didn't want to talk about things and one person always wanted to talk about things. And so whenever I hear about these issues like that seem to be more skilled towards men, I almost cannot relate because mine is kind of like the opposite in that yeah, sense.
0: Yeah, I get what yeah. you mean. Yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think yours is the opposite in the, on the sense of masculinity. Um, I think yours, that is more of a personality slash communication um style. Mm. Um and mm. plus a plus a growth mindset that reflects like issues can be fixed. Um if not now, later. But we at least acknowledge that they'll be fixed later. Mm. Mm. Um, as opposed to um, you know, just trying just, to work yeah. it out and stuff. Yeah. Um and I think I'm similar to that. It's funny how um Yemi asked me and she said like, am I somebody who um want want to talk about things as they are, I mean, mm. if there's an issue. Talk about them when when the issue is unfolding, or would like to go and come back. Because mm. I think she had that issue with her friends. Was asking me for my opinion and stuff. Yeah, I was like, I th- I think I think I'm more of a let's talk about it because mm. if if I'm alive, I've got a mouth, and you're and you're there, you've got a mouth. Why can't we? Yeah. The idea angle the there is often like, oh well, emotions are high, etc. So right? you go process, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no we're not like. I think we're not like, I don't know. I think no, nobody's right yeah, or wrong. Um, exactly. And, 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 but not to go too far from this point of anxiety. I think we definitely face issues Point when like we know we have to do something, right. Mm-hmm. But our options to do it appear to be fruitless. Yeah. Right. And then we we'll just freeze mm-hmm. and stuff. And then obviously as what is a mature man to do in that, in that, in that position, um, because oftentimes mm. that's very tricky. Because your options, talk, t- talking about it, oftentimes it's even they say it always helps. Doesn't it always help because first of all, you, you have to find somebody you trust. To talk about it, yeah. With. Right, that's that's one battle to cross, mm. and you have to hope that in doing that, you're not made to feel Forced. worse than yeah. than who you began with, what you yeah. began with. So it's just. But I think what I, again, as, as I said, I think in terms of just being mature as, as a guy and, and, and not being a kid in this situation is knowing where help can be. Mm. But also I always, make, I always try and just make a plan. And I don't care whether it's a bad plan. Like I'm just somebody who is a case of, even if this may not work, I'll just go and do it. If it doesn't work, let me, let me find out it doesn't work. Right, but I won't stay around and feel, feel sorry for myself. Mm. Because I feel like that's the worst thing I can do to myself is to feel sorry about myself. And, and play. I'm, I'm, I, might, I might play on a sorry card for like, oh, this, this person did this to me on an email, whatever. You know. I'm, I'm, can you believe this? Yeah, I'll react as a normal human being react. But I know deep down that once I send that, that text, yeah, bro, okay, mm. where is your own role in this? Right, it yeah. takes you to the tango, as they always say right so what is your own role in in doing this Mm. if that makes sense and then for me that is where i'm trying to i'm not discrediting my emotions but i'm just trying to say i'm also part of this equation so yeah sober up and fix up and let's move Next up, next point to raise is um is loneliness. <laughs> mm. Loneliness. Yeah, loneliness, loneliness. Now, let me let me let you start this one. Um but hearing this, what do you think loneliness may relate to in terms of being a mature grown man slash person?
1: Mm. I think I want to say I want to look at it from, like, two sides. Okay. So number one is um, being being comfortable, being lonely, but also being uncomfortable, being lonely. And I feel like that's, like, a cryptic, boiry type of statement. It's, like, I'm for everybody, I'm from nobody. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, how you deal with loneliness. Like, do you deal mm-hmm. with loneliness in, in healthy ways? Because there are different ways to, you know, deal with that itch of being lonely right and some we know deep down are not effective they're short-term fixes um but sometimes being i don't say lonely but being alone doesn't necessarily mean you're lonely right because i think some people confuse the two a lot of times when you feel like because there's nobody physically around you you sense it you feel like you're lonely but sometimes you're just alone and sometimes that's okay right because Mm -hmm. that's when you get to process and do all of these things um but obviously in extended seasons of aloneness it can can start to feel lonely but then how do you choose to settle that because i think sometimes people are like you know what um i'm tired of being alone so i'm just going to get with the next thing even though i know it's not going anywhere just because like yeah just because i don't want to feel that feeling um i'll just you know find somebody and stay with the person until, you know, sometimes you can even just ease into whatever that grows into. But you know that when you got into it, it was just a scratchy itch, not because, you know, there was something bigger you were trying to go for. So obviously that's a very tricky, tricky way because your opposite is to admit that, okay, yes, I'm feeling this way, but I can't just take anything to fix that, right? And so it's like I need to go through the pains of this, whatever lonely period I'm feeling and use that to find something that I truly want um so i guess that i guess is the mature response for not just a man but for any person to be fair because i think this happens to both people or both sexes quite a lot but i don't know if i guess this the way this is talking about loneliness is the way i've responded to it now so if you can give more context
0: i think it's close and i think when i read about loneliness in the context of peter pan syndrome and you know being mature yeah it stems from the idea of having a sense of belonging. Sense of group identity to something. Mm. I right? find a place where you want to belong. Yeah, and that comes from. Interestingly, that comes from having the urge and the urge, but also the availability of work and value to create. Now, moving away from from all these vague, 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 mm. vague terms, mm. right? Many of us went to school, right? You know, for example. Yeah. Let's never go too far in in the history of secondary school. Let's start with advice centers, even current work or last last time we were in a workplace. Mm. You know, there's still peer pressure in your environment, right? Um you know, peer pressure either by what your colleagues are doing, um, what you think they are earning, their IQ level knowledge, or I'm not smart enough, or what they look like, what how they speak, with an accent with using big words you know um, like many things compel us to belong to one group right and it's almost like in in doing that it deprives us of our self-confidence right because Mm -hmm. when we are rushing towards one sense of belonging right whether it's in terms of appearance in terms of Instagram likes in terms of whatever it is you know it takes away our spirit of freedom
2: Mm
0: right because who are you in a group are you the group or are you yourself right season and two, and in, season and ten. and in, and, in, and in trying to be belong to people you, we also like we work so hard to avoid rejection and we have you know li- little time to enjoy the comfort of belonging it's funny because i was talking to somebody um today and and they're asking me like oh like um what's one thing that that i'm scared of and i was like I think I'm actually scared of rejection mm. and 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 they were like that yeah I think that's obviously like quite a common common mm. um, fear to have um, but I think when I said it I actually didn't meant it because when I said that I said it I said it from from a point of view where I think thankfully I've lived a, a <clears throat> my dad always says I've lived a I've lived a lucky life he likes using that <laughs> word that I've <I'm> been lucky <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, hope, I hope it's wrong because that makes me feel like my, my, my luck will run out at some point <laughs> but I hope it's wrong um, I hope I've worked hard enough to deserve some things I've gotten yeah. um, but going back to, to the point of rejection um, I'm scared of rejection to, in, in, the, in the sense of like there's some things I've gotten in my life that I've to be honest I've fallen in place mm. I wouldn't say I got them free Right, I worked for them, but they got they fell in place. Mm-hmm. This could be opportunities. This could be people, relationships. This could be things of value. Yeah. Right. But let's stick to the relationship bit because that p- perhaps makes pertinent sense. Mm. And if I put if I plot a graph of what you've worked for versus what has fallen into place for you, mm. fall into place would definitely be rise above the what I've worked for, relationships wise. Mm. Mm. And what that's given me in a sense, this is my mental gymnastics going on that I've figured out this evening. Mm. Is maybe, maybe it made me a bit too comfortable mm. because I've gotten to the point where I'm used to not, I'm used to my graph, yeah. having less of me working for people, mm. and people and people fall into place for me.
2: Mm.
0: And that way, when I work for something, for somebody, mm. And then they say no to me. It hits even harder.
2: Hmm. We say that again.
0: So because of my graph, right? Yeah. Working working for people is less working to get get people in the approval, whatever you I want to put it. Mm-hmm. Is less than people fall into place for me.
1: Okay. Right. Yeah. So
0: when I then work with people. Yeah. And I and I and I get rejected. It feels. It hits more, harder.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that resulting feeling strikes a loneliness chord even though there's people around. Hmm. Right? Hmm. And I feel like that is one area of my life that I perhaps need to... I won't say work on because it's almost like if I say work on, it's like I'm saying I should just expose myself to... Or I should ignore everybody that? who's around me and and start looking for people to <laughs> mingle with or whatever. But hmm. it's almost like how do you know what you can handle? How do you know if you're fragile? How do you know what you can handle in terms of rejections of people if you're not exposed to opportunities to be rejected?
2: Yeah.
0: I know how I always come in podcast and say like, oh, like as guys, you should be able to like talk to women and be Mm. be okay with being rejected and stuff. Yeah. I think I realized now that the difference is it's easier when it's a stranger when you know that it's, you're in a temporary ephemeral environment. Yeah. Let's say you go to a bar, or a pub, or whatever. Versus mm-hmm. somebody who you've already met, right? You already have mutual friends. I, I, I want to pursue something. And if they reject you, the evidence is there. Maybe, yeah. maybe not on the billboard, but the evidence is there in your mind, in the group's minds.
2: Hmm.
1: Ah. You know, as you're saying this, I can relate, but well, I also cannot relate as much, right, um, for different reasons, either maybe because I don't put myself out there enough, but I don't think it's for a fear of, maybe it is an underlying fear, but I think I tend to like to put myself in situations where I'm more in control, or I feel like a lot of things are dependent on me right so although I know yes there's a lot of grace and favor that surrounds all of that but I I don't focus on that grace and favor bit like I pray for it and you know I'm expectant that stuff like that will happen but that's not my strategy like my strategy is to do what I need to do that and then know that that thing will get blessed like I know 100% of the effort I put in does not give me 100% of the results I get. It probably gives me maybe 50% of the results that I get. And I'm comfortable with that, knowing that, yes, I actually don't want everything I get to be a one-to-one ratio. I want to be able to say, like I want Grace and Favour to be working in my favour, but I'll still put in 100%. So th- there's that side of things, but there's also the side of like, one of the reasons why um, I sort of like, one can argue, that one of the reasons why I decided to start, like do a startup instead of getting another job It was kind of like, I just didn't want to... I hated it, or I didn't like the feeling of putting myself... Like, I'm not the best. I don't think I've been the best at showing myself or my best foot in, like, interview or application situations, right? Mm, I feel like... Yeah, I feel like the best of me comes out once you get to know me. Like, if, like... I might not be able to pass all your tests or whatnot, but give me the thing to do. And, you know, you... you you, uh So, but because all these world systems have... Been designed in a very interesting way. I just don't function too well in that, right? And so, a lot of times when there's something happening that you have to apply for, my default instinct is to sojourn, right? Like, nah, right? <laughs> just, which is weird because obviously, like, you miss hundred percent of the shots that you don't take, but
0: yeah, I, and, yeah, and the world's game is for you to perform in those applications, yeah, so that you can yeah. belong to the group.
1: Exactly. So it's, well. a worse, it's a weird, it's a weird situation because I then I almost end up trying to reinvent the wheel or at least just ch- chart my own path like you know same thing with M- like an MBA and things like that right probably something i would enjoy doing but every time i think about the process writing Gmas, doing all these things like i could probably apply myself to it and do it but i'm like i don't i, don't, I just don't like it's fr- i don't want to play that game right which is weird because i've written the book now talking about like things MBAs won't teach you. um and some of the things in there, I'm like, I don't want to do these things either. Like, I don't, I don't want to play that game, which is then like, okay, bro, you can't not play any game. You have to choose a game and play the game, right? And, and it's quite tricky because, yeah, I don't know. That's another, this is not really connected to maturity or whatnot, but just wanted to throw that in there. Just as you were talking about. No, yeah, text,
0: it's, yeah, it's a good point to raise. And I think just to close on that loneliness. I think what, what I'm grateful for that, that regardless of fears and fears and stuff is that I'm somebody who I don't rush to find vices to fill those mm, holes.
2: Mm, 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 right. Mm. Like
0: whenever anything happens, let's say I get rejected or I feel like I've just like, there's this way, there's this way you feel like you're a rock star. Mm. I just smashed some presentation you've just spoken to somebody on the phone and, they've, and you've answered their questions, to, or you just met somebody somewhere, and you just... But it's this way you also just feel like like a freaking tadpole. You know, a baby <laughs> frog where you just feel like nothing.
1: No, no offense to tadpoles, but yeah.
0: No, plenty of <laughs> offense but, to tadpoles.
1: <laughs> 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 <Plenty laughs> Politically correct environments. Uh, that we are. You almost have to not shit at anything um, these days. But yeah, go going, a... But I know that
0: I know one thing for sure is like, regardless of how I feel, yeah, I don't run to things to change that mood. I don't run to, oh, I need to go drink. I mm. don't want to, oh, I need to go find some way to be promiscuous about something. Yeah. Um I don't I don't I don't go on endless pursuit of vices. I mm. I think I, I'm a strong believer in this this emotion you're feeling. You feel it. <laughs> and you must go through it and express yourself going through it. Like there's times where I'll feel like, I'll feel down. I'll be like, yeah, you're feeling down. You're feeling down. That's what it is right now. Right? Mm. Don't think about anything now. You've messed this up. You're feeling down. Feel that down. I'm, t- I'm telling myself that in my head. <laughs> uh, and I'm just walking to the gym. I'm just thinking that in my head, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that is, po- that, that, that's another possible way to suggest a way towards maturity in, even though, even though the loneliness comes or rejections come, you avoid the vices that you would probably turn to to yeah help with those things
1: yeah for me like as you're saying this i think for me um as much as i don't pray for or look forward to like down moments and things like that i think um just looking at the past those seasons have been seasons of intense growth for me um and i think it's just the idea of how you respond to pressures like i think sometimes you know, until you face that, like there's a scripture in the Bible that says, okay, like out of your trials and tribulations comes X. Then after that comes Y, then comes Z, like just, Mm. you know, and I think that's technically what happens if you let it happen. Right. I think it's kind of like tied to what you're saying, but as opposed to just feeling the feeling, it's like feeling the feeling and then reaching out to the positive thing that you can start to do. Right. So for me, bad seasons always it's always a time to like it's when bad seasons are when physical things and everything around you stops mattering as much right and so i think for me i always grasp for things that i feel like matter long term so if it's that time when i can't do anything else i'm just going to listen to certain kinds of songs or messages and just things that are planting seeds um, in my spirit. And, you know, sometimes like when you're, there's, when you're down is when something some gets you, you're able to like, it's broken down. your The thing that has happened has broken down your defenses up to a point and you're kind of like in this very vulnerable you state. A firewall. Yeah, exactly. So you're yeah, in this very vulnerable state. So I think it's our was, duty that was, as- that was, that was
0: such a nerd joke. Nerd James, joke,
1: I, I know. <laughs> But you know, once you're in that vulnerable state, I think that's when you have to be careful what you, like you said, what vices you use to, hundred percent, really, um, you know, stop that vulnerability from happening. And so I think, um, and you can only really do that before the thing happens, <laughs> right? So you need to have what what you go to and what you do. You need to be aware of what that is before the bad season comes, because in the bad season you're not making hundred percent sensible decisions, right? And so I think. That's one thing that I feel like I've been blessed. I don't think anybody sat me down and taught me this, but in those bad moments, I think my my response has always been to look for those kind of positive things. And sometimes I've tried vices or yeah. I, 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 like, but it's just not felt right. I think this is where self awareness probably comes in, because I think a lot of the times, um, if you're self aware enough and you just pay attention to yourself and actually just you know give yourself the chance to explore your feelings, you mm-hmm. realize that some things are not good. And how you then respond to that is up to you. But that realization is quite important. I think some people have, I don't want to use the word conscience, they've had their conscience seared, but you've just ignored that voice for so long that, you know, it's very far away already for you. And so the vices is the only really thing that you can you can lean on. And it's just the easiest thing to grab. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I don't have vices that are pretty questionable at the moment, right? Um, but I guess knowing that they're questionable is probably like, actually, I'm going to stop here. But I think a lot of people rest in that sense that, oh yeah, I know it's a bad thing. And so I'm on the first step towards my recovery journey because I, I, know, learned it's <laughs> 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 because I know it's a bad thing. That's another, that's another trap to fall into. Um, and I'm pointing fingers at myself right now. But yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think also, once you just keep the idea of quick fixes, quick fixes and never, I never fixes. fixes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coat I didn't put it on the t-shirts. My G. Like honestly, some p- <laughs> quick fixes are not fixes. Just put it on. Oh, the was t-shirts. that what you even said? What did you? What did you? Th- what did you hear?
0: Oh. I think I heard. I know you're thin.
1: Oh no no no! I just said quick fixes are not fixes.
0: Oh okay.
2: Yeah.
1: See. Vibe. Try uh, We need to start this merchandise game, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, moving on to the next point now this one is also interesting because this touches on things we've spoken about in previous previous, pod, previous podcasts okay and this is the sexual conflict okay and the idea of this towards the bitter pan syndrome symptom is episode one we spoke about gender spotlight right this kind of this kind of is part of that um, conversation because if you look at the media in the last few years, political messages, et cetera, right? We've all, we've all heard this message of, you know, we should not have gender expectations, you know, on on and on, on, on anybody. Right. Mm. And one thing that's one thing that's been prevalent or at least been on the rise has been the the way we've allowed girls to express the masculine and feminine sides of the personality. Mm. Right. So not just like through um physical physical sports or whatever, but you know, we can let we can allow girls do both, masculine mm. and feminine side of things. No, no, we can allow like we're allowing them. That's what I mean. <laughs> I mean when it happens, mm. it is easily seen as normal now. Mm. Right? If a girl wears Dresses, more masculine, whatever that looks like. Nobody, nobody, nobody bats an eye. Mm. She's good at basketball. Nobody looks at her different, right? Mm. Like there was a time where they would call girls offensive words if girls are doing masculine things. That's Dumb-boys my point. But now, itself, yeah. not anymore, mm. right? Girls, girls go to gym, build up body up. We, it's normal. We, right? So they have mm. license to do both, both worlds, right? Which mm. is great. Mm. Now this now the switch now is while the same message applies for boys, yeah. in practice, it's often different. Mm-hmm. So we've seen every we've seen many times on our Twitter feeds about you know as a guy embrace your emotions. We've, we've seen all the masculine, masculine embrace masculinity. That mm-hmm. is heal heal as a man. We've seen all of these things on Twitter, YouTube, everything. But if you look in your circles. How I many how many boys have you still seen like are able to just cry? Or at least mm. in front of in, in front of their peers. Or, or say when you when you came here and like obviously like like, like I things on your mind, like it took even took you like a minute mm-hmm. to like break it down. And I'm sure if I'm the one as well, I would have taken even a longer minute yeah. to break it down to you. Right. Yeah. My point is like, despite the messages of this license to embrace all sides of this spectrum of, um, of our sexual orientation—no, or, so no, orientation. Sorry, sexual. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, whatever roles what the next word is? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. In practice, I don't see that as much for the boys than I see for the girls, and I'm not saying that's a thing to hold anyone accountable to. Yeah, But my point there is I'm wondering if that poses a problem or a tricky situation in the sense of if we're diminishing, if, if we're not allowed to express or if, if we cannot express that or if for some reason we're not expressing these sides that we should express in terms of being vulnerable, being being more agreeable, whatever it is, what is that doing to us? And, and, and I know this has been the topic of, of every podcast you have in the world. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of men should be able to break the mold, you know, cross into feminine territory, you know, and find other guys like themselves. But that doesn't happen as, as often as yeah. we see. And is that a sign of being mature if you can break into that mold? Or... Where does maturity fit into this?
2: So so I think this is another
1: interesting one where I cannot um I cannot personally, personally like relate because again, like speaking of we mentioned Love Island earlier. I think there's a lot of things that happen among the guys on Love Island that are kinda like icky to me, even just watching like um like this this kind of bro culture, this kind of like, you know, when the bombshells got into the house and they were all like, just the need to, it's just how they were we even talking about um, we need to do X, Y, I don't know. I don't know how to paint a proper picture. I'm just saying like, for me, when I see like overly masculine situations where it's not necessary, um, I kind of like switch off on it, right? So,
2: mm.
1: although I identify it on the outside as an issue, like it's not something that, i personally like i think struggle with in that sense like um is what i want to say but on the sense of do i think it's connected and and all of those things like i really don't know because i'm i'm saying like what's the what's stopping is this society that's really stopping guys from you know being human because that's really what it is a lot of times <laughs> right it's like what's i guess that yes societal pressures and things like that but it maybe because i grew up in a supportive environment where that wasn't the case because i'm sure obviously if you grew up in a place where every time you expressed emotion you got kind of like beat down mm. and things like that that kind of like stays with you so maybe i take back some of like the things i'm saying right now because that's just me growing up in a favorable environment um but it's like at what point you know does the environment stop being that pressure and it's then something else um that's maybe is connected i don't know i'm sticking to many vague terms but i don't know i can't really relate it to what i'm saying um but i don't understand that for some people it's because of backgrounds and how they've been raised and things like that um and maybe it takes somebody really being deliberate about them to really break down those walls with them um and you know because they care not because you know they have sometimes the benefits from that wall being broken down because i guess this there feeds a bit into the women trying to fix men thing um, which i'm not a like yeah it's not your job as a woman to fix it, a man in that sense but i think sometimes um people do need other people to go this journey with them um uh, but i think yeah it's just a very thing like between taking journey with someone and being there for someone and helping them through their journey and coming into a situation as someone who's a fixer right um wants to solve a problem for the person what do you, do you
0: see this trend I mean, you mentioned Love Island, which is a good point, but we can use other people that we know as examples. Anybody listening can do that too. But do you see this trend of like a kind of like a reversal, where like even though guys are becoming again, this generalised and apologies generalised, but just let me try and make this make sense. Hmm. Even though we see guys trying to be in quotes, um, more more vulnerable, possibly. Mm-hmm.
2: More more open, possibly um, mm-hmm.
0: Do you see this trend where like there's a, there's a there's a lot more indecisiveness from in, who In men like and, and and you can see that in how we create so many stages or create so many of relationships yeah of relationships hmm. and' cause I'm thinking about this too like. I, I feel like I've felt more indecisive as I've grown up. <laughs> because yeah. if, if, if you think about it, like when we were in, I don't know what it is, with this age, but when we were in like what, and I hate that we have to go back to, it, to the time, but I remember times when we were younger that you don't, you don't think of, you don't evaluate things on what's next. It's like we're living life, life now through this like swiping life, swiping mindset. Mm. Where there's like,
2: yeah, like something, time. some, yeah. something
0: better, maybe, maybe, yeah, uh, maybe next yeah. door, yeah. Right, so just, so just let me hold the stage for now,
2: yeah.
0: Right, and then I'm now seeing like a lot more women are also now becoming embracing a lot more, um, what's the word that I can use? I would say safe, <laughs>
2: um,
0: like embracing this idea of just going to the floor. No, no, no. Being, being more okay with, being more okay with, with, with being ugh, players in court, mm. like and putting it out there as a social jersey like a, to wear.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a star on their shoulder. That, yeah, yeah.
0: Do, do, do you get? That? Do you get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I, I think it's the. It, and, you know, it's, it sometimes get pushed, it gets pushed as part of the, like, feminist movement as well. But I think it's just this whole tendency to push to extremes, right? And so it's like women empowerment, take ownership of, you know, your life, your body, and things like that. But, you know, I think it's almost the thing that, you know, what men have been doing, we can start to do also. But I guess it then blurs the line between, you know, if men were doing the incorrect thing, just be, like, is the right thing to then, when you get the power, is it to do that incorrect thing as well? Because obviously that's what has been done, right? So I, I, it's a very, there are many, I think there are too many, it's one of those things that you say where there's just too many lines crossing that, like if you pull one thread, it's just unraveling a lot more Hundred percent beyond this like um, straight scenario. But I do, I do see that trend as well where there's a lot more, like there's a lot more confidence and whereas when BBB yeah, there's just a, people call it less traditional and more open and things like that. But, you know, there's still lines that are being interestingly crossed because it's not as if it was okay for guys to do it, even though society- It wasn't either. Yeah, it exactly. wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. But even though the weird part of society was like, oh yeah, boys would be boys. Like I, that, that's, that's that's crazy to say. But it's not like people are saying, oh, so since boys will be boys, then obviously, yeah, girls can be girls too, right? And so it's now just become this weird mix of- yeah, weirdness. but yeah, both both sides aren't necessarily the way to go, so I am um,
0: And perhaps to, to to wrap this up is the final yeah. symptoms to talk, think about as a uh, narcissism and chauvinism. Mm. Now this one these ones are the ones that I think are the most pertinent in your older age. Yeah. because I don't know about you, but I've seen many instances of like men projecting their insecurities. Other people, mm. right? And it's something that I always, always try and try and like avoid. And in a way, it makes me too, too chill with things
2: mm.
0: because I'm like, I want to be sure that my reaction to something is not because of a fear I'm having,
2: mm.
0: but just because the actual thing you've you've done is just not. Hmm. Good and they are, and they are just like overly overly because I don't I, I don't know about where I'm from where i listening but I know us Nigerian men like one one thing that's on the rise on the trend is we are getting good extremely good at projecting insecurities on other people women right and in doing so we we then I don't want to use that word but. The the, the <laughs> I don't see that word. But <laughs> we then we then like we then become so manipulative. Like it's it's a it's a it's a it's like an inbred skill now. Based on stories I've heard, mm. right? I, I've not interviewed a lot of men, but based on stories I've heard, and like we have this narcissistic vibe that is part of who we are now, and I think it's almost like a reaction to. Um all of the above things talk spoken about. Yeah. Yeah. How and um, how do you see this play out in your own life, like in terms of narcissism? Um
1: I think it's very it's very interesting to see and spot, um, like on the outside. Just that yeah, like, you know, I've been in and around some friends' relationships and just seen, you know, how the guy is in there and you're like Phew like like you're wondering if you're the one that is maybe too weird um for seeing that as a problem or if that person is actually like pretty problematic but then you start to see it over and over again. And then you're kind of like, it's almost the reason why you're almost like, you know what, I'm not even in the mid, I'm not trying to get into like this game or anything. Let me just stay on the sidelines and continue to observe because things are really quite crazy. And this idea of narcissism, I don't know if it's because we found a way to give a word to it because once you name things, you start to identify it everywhere. But there's just, it's 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 kind of like a lot. um, And I think I see it in the weirdest places as well. And I'm just like wondering, is the person that is having to deal with this not seeing it or do they just think it's part of life? Because if this is what it is, almost like the thing that David, uh, David said, right, in in sort of like that episode of when you asked him about wanting to get married and then he's like, you know, when you're surrounded by, you know, people dropping out of marriages yeah. like 6% of the time, you're wondering like, <laughs> you know, do I want to sign up for that? And it's almost the same situation where you're just looking around and maybe we're not surrounded by enough positive i am in a way surrounded by enough positive reinforcements of good relationships to want to like do that but i'm just saying like if you just close your eyes you everything look on the other side there's just a lot more weirdness like going on um but yeah in your to respond to the question i guess i i see it um and my well, divorce. reaction.
0: Yeah. how are you sure or maybe how are we sure that we are not narcissistic
1: what that trace of narcissism! We've done an episode on on the three, the, the evil that men do. How what did we even call the episode before? The dark
0: triads. The
1: dark triads. The dark traits. Well, what was the title of that episode? What did we call it? I, th- um, I think it was the m- something. Players, something man. Bad boys. Uh, okay, demons? bad boy players and demons. There was that one, but it was also the one about what the Machiavellian man. Was that a different episode? Or was yeah, that the same, same one? one. The same one. Of subtitle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The same
1: one. Um. No, no, percent of Third People have an inflated a sense of their own importance, a deep sense of excessive attention, admiration, tribulations, and a lack of empathy for others. Yeah, I, I think just looking at all the even the breakdown itself, not really. Like I, I don't think so. Um, inflated sense of own importance. Like, what does that mean to you?
0: I mean, you overestimate your importance in situations. Everything becomes about you. Um, when 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 your partner, or your 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 friend your colleague whatever has an issue um it's you think about how it affects you or you project an, an a response showing you know your own your own impact or its impact on you um i'm guessing you also lack empathy for people's troubles and people's situations and mm. in doing so you don't put yourself in you find it difficult to put yourself in people's shoes, particularly shoes that might be stickier, dirtier, harder to feel than yours. Um hmm. what else?
2: Yeah. So I
1: can see a sense of entitlement here, um, manipulative behavior. So <laughs> Have you
0: did you, did you see that thing on Instagram today about about women, women um who sleep beyond eight eight a.m. and not what
1: that's, that's the thing I was saying. It started from Twitter now, so I think somebody mentioned it that someone can sleep over at this house and you know, you know she didn't wake up by eight a.m. That if you know, you know, that sort of thing. And then, <laughs> I I didn't even see the original tweets, <laughs> but I'm like, bro. So this is why I feel like for sometimes you're wondering, like, but then you see so many people like. So that's the thing again. What is lad
0: t- smoking though?
1: no 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 i almost think it's a you know that thing we said about social media i feel like some it's just people
0: attention
1: it's attention right but i also feel like it's seeping into reality as well and not reality in terms of how people are acting but how people are reacting, are, are reacting in conversations
0: you, people but, can't separate
1: exactly and then also i feel like it's not becoming a model for people to test out or they're just trying to mimic it in situations, right? And so you've consumed so much and you've dealt so much with this idealistic black and white world that social media presents, and you've chosen sides, and you don't drop that pride at the door. And in your real relationships, you're starting to draw those lines as well. So for ex- for good. some ex so, so for someone now, they read all these tweets about ATM, ATM, they now send it to their partner, right? And be like, oh, what do you think? Then yeah, to so now cause some kind of
2: yeah, fracas
1: yeah, yeah, within yeah. them, right? And so I'm like, bro, like honestly i'm getting to the point where like with social media particularly i'm getting to a very interesting point where even to be with someone right i kind of like need to understand the person's relationship with social media now it's almost now an important thing because you know it happens a lot right and sometimes it's very innocent right like it's an opinion that has been shared, and yes, you're not voicing your opinion in public, but you want to voice your opinion with someone that's close to you. But it then becomes like a bone of contention for whatever. It's like me mm. and you now arguing about a tweet now because, like, for mm, why mm, 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 you mm. get so. Anyways, that's that's another that's that's
0: insane, and I think <laughs> I beg everybody to understand that <laughs> even though even though this is something that you see on an Instagram caption or anything, but I think mm. critical thinking is it becomes so much important nowadays. Mm, and right. I know, I know it's just a thing that you, I can just say and it sounds nice, mm. but you, and, and you walk away from, from me after hearing it. But mm. honestly,
1: with the amount of information that we have to sift through, we are living
0: in a world <laughs> that is ridiculous mm. because your brain has, has grown up into a world that it did not match up into.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. And what that means is that when you were formed, 'Cause I mean our listeners are often no not only our listeners, but everybody everybody you're referring to is definitely over <laughs> yeah. 18. Yeah. Right. When you were formed eighteen years ago, these tools were not the norm of the world. Mm. Right? and your brain was growing up, it's 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 it got into a world that that that's it's, it's it's unfathomable to it. Mm. Right. And I think Sandra said it in the episode of Loneliness where she said this is in two, where she said, we don't know what the effects will be yeah, things yeah, are. yeah. and you know, honestly I saying, like I beg yeah. I think I'll just do it I think I'll do a podcast on this like <laughs> I'll dedicate hours to resources on this but I beg mm-hmm. everybody listening like just need to understand the importance of things that you digest yeah I can't emphasize that enough because and I know you hear the word propaganda misinformation mm-hmm. disinformation you hear it so easily Mm. But these are these are the simplest and most, most simple simple at the same time complex tools that, that broke nations in the history. Mm. Yeah. Right. If yeah. you just read a textbook on how places crumbled, mm. places crumbled, it's information, mm. information, oh. um, formation. I just said information <laughs> formation. Oh, <Lord. laughs> it's, it's information yeah. like Discourse manipulation and manipulation. And, and, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, it's, it's... And if you can take that into your own personal life, hmm. right? Critical thinking is just an easy skill. And maybe for anybody listening, you want to say, okay, where do I start? Start with the crap test. That's the C-R-A-P test. Right? So the crap hmm. test is a way to start critical thinking. Well, what hmm. that means is when you see anything online, I know it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> we all have we all yeah. have like day jobs and stuff. <laughs> but a simple thing to do, crap tests, Currency, reliability, accuracy, authority, and and political bias. Yeah, and that just means that if you look through all these things, it helps you determine what to take in and what to mm. just not take in. Yeah, and no, let's not go into that because that's not what today is about. Yeah, exactly, but exactly. It, I mean, yeah. like you saying that is quite scary because if you see something on Twitter, somebody has put something out with an intention, whether it's real mm. or not, you can never know. Mm. And you taking that into your own personal, local confines of your family, your relationship. Uh, you're, it's like, <laughs> it's like taking, <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: It's, it's crazy, yeah. I mean, what I was going to say is that, you know, we, well, I and I tend to sound, I feel like sometimes we come off as, I don't know, not fear mongers, but obviously whenever it comes to this thing about online, whatever, we always seem to take this position of like, folks, well, be careful. let yeah. me
0: tell you why I can say this, because I spent the last four years doing research on, People who make high-stake decisions hmm. in technology that involves billions of pounds, and I looked at how they see through information that that can cost them jobs or cost their organization's survival. Yeah, and some of the things I say is from the experience of my research. So yeah. I am saying something for the first time. I'm trying not to be humble. <laughs> I'm saying something from a practical sense of I can see how things shape form in. In individual setting of me or you, mm. I can see how the mm. same principles apply. Mm. Same principles apply fundamentally into somebody mm. in a high tech situation, mm. right? Either as a CEO, CIO, or, a gen, or an army general. Yeah. And yeah. I can see how that applies also in the community level, same principles. And I've seen, mm. that, I've seen how that applies in nations' war across history. Yeah. Principles that are consistent in how we navigate yeah. information. Yeah. So it's not fear mongering, it is actually really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Enough said. I think that's, I didn't even need to add anything to that again. Because <laughs> what I was going to say was the fact that, you know, you look at your parents sometimes and you're wondering, how can this person think this way? And, you know, can this person see all of these things? And you don't realize. And that's that. a good play. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. Let
0: me end there. That's a good point because our parents were not born into this world. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Right. They've had to learn, their brains, their brains have had to learn to try and understand the idea of mm. WhatsApp information. Because, mm. oh, all they had in their time was two channels that would tell them what's going on. Yeah. They, they, they grew up in a very A-B test kind of life. Mm. But our world mm. has decentralized. It's exploded. Mm. So for them, they are doing their best based on what they grew up into. Mm. And, this, mm. and this shows a good point to the point where if our parents cannot, cannot battle the simplest form, in quotes, mm. right? Mm. Simplest form at their age. When when we're already messing up at our own age, what will happen when we get to the point where things get over-explosive, when we're dealing with not only information that is through picture, video, audio, but also information that involves fake realities? Oh, my God. Good night.
2: (laughs) What is that,
1: honestly i wish we could just cut the episode there like just <laughs> <laughs> imagine if we just cut it there. like that. that's such a very like bombshell like <laughs> but yeah let's 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 wrap this episode up but yeah
0: um but yeah i think for anyone listening um sorry for the segue not segue <laughs> the detraction to something else but many of us mostly men but also women as well possibly in the same category um we're living in a world where life is changing to the point where milestones which that should make us grow up. We don't, we don't all get it at the same time. Mm. Some don't get it until later, until it's too late sometimes. And some end up living in you know, the Peter Pan's world of Neverland where it's a fake reality. And the bad thing about that is it's always come back to bite you. right? And the penalties will always accrue across time. And what that means is the earlier we understand perhaps what are the things that don't make us mature enough, and I want to say, I want to make a good point. That maturity, in a way, is objective. I think, I think mm-hmm. we think this postmodern world of everything everything is relative. I think some things are objective. Maturity can be objective. And I think if you can find the things that are, mat- are objectively mature, we can pursue that because mm-hmm. that makes us better people for potential partners and potential, you know, friends. And if you talk about well, why are you why are you why are you, why you're talking about partners? Life is not about partners. Life is not all about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it kind of is, unfortunately. <laughs> so it kind of is because if you're listening to this, you're formed through a partnership of some sort. Yeah, and it's inevitable. So and hopefully you want to continue that on. I'm an advocate for family, so I'll say hopefully proudly. Um. Hmm. So yeah, and if you're keen, please yeah. read about um, you know maturity and immaturity, Peter Pan syndrome. You can watch the cartoon yeah. to be able to t- draw draw traces. Also, just do some self reflection as we've just done in the episode. And I hope you guys took some value from it, even though it was hard to sometimes make everything to focus without going too distracted.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just wish I wish like this is not off point, but I don't know make of it what you will. But I wish we were in a more physical. Like world in the sense that I feel like the next thing we could have done on sort of like a podcast gathering or community thing is to host a movie night and watch Peter Pan, right? Like just <laughs> you know after the episode, I really like uh, I, really, I so hope cute. we get to that world where we <laughs> where we can start to do like things like this. uh But yeah, that's just what I thought about because now I want to watch Peter Pan, but I don't want to watch it alone. Um, um, which goes back to your point of yeah, it's always about partners and stuff. But anyways. Good night folks this was fun um, We see you again next week Wellly say bye- bye
0: goodbye everybody have a good week and take it easy safe And now a personal note to you our listeners to you listening right now Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast Now we know that in our culture of 30second content and quick sound bites, makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions so regardless of what brought you here we are grateful for your time do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends your family and your colleagues another way to support us is by subscribing to us on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts or wherever you're listening right now we release new episodes every monday but don't forget to follow us at the yellow Peel pod on Instagram and at yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking yellow pill with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always. And right next to me is Toby. And we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time. Peace and love people. Peace and love.